0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for stopping by our table of disappointment. This is How They Got Away, the show where we discuss the unsatisfying endings to your favorite unsolved or unpunished true crime and corporate greed stories. I'm your host, Annalise. I'm joined by my co-host.
1: This
2: is
0: Kelsey. And our two guests today. Coming here
1: with that fresh audio, I guess. Stephanie.
3: And Anna.
0: Today, we'll be discussing a company that... Many of you probably know uh, Monsanto.
2: I don't actually know that. Oh. Wait, you do time for me to show my ignorance. No.
0: I might Wait, recognize Kelsey. it
2: as you talk, but off the top of my head, my brain is empty. This means nothing Kelsey, to me.
3: we took the same physics class in ninth grade, right? Like with Mr. Walker, I think? Mm, yeah, Did we?
2: but I was also in the ninth grade. Do you expect me to remember shit from when I was 14? Well, because I only I remember
3: Monsanto because uh, this was like the module on like GMO stuff. So that's the only reason why I remember them.
2: Oh, okay. I don't now know if this has to about...
3: do with it, but like they're like one of those companies that have to do with like GMO stuff. I don't know exactly for sure what they're doing now. We're but about I'm, to like, find out. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I think they had shady practices. <laughs>
0: so I'm going to jump into a little bit of history about Monsanto before we get into it. We are not focusing on GMOs today, but they are also um, often talked about because of that. So, Monsanto was formerly known as Monsanto Chemical Works and was founded in 1901 in the United States and started as a producer of the artificial sweetener, saccharin. Ew. At the time, saccharin was only produced in Germany, so this was a big deal.
2: I'm gonna take a hard stance here. I don't like most non-sugar sweeteners. I don't, I don't like think that's them. a hard
0: stance to take. I just, okay, <laughs> I think- first of all,
2: I, if I remember correctly, saccharin actually has some problems that were, I think you might get into in a minute. But also like stevia, nast, don't like. Uh, xylitol, I'm okay with. But even that, I'm like, I can taste the difference and I don't care for it.
1: I had a neighbor who was allergic to corn sweeteners and was just constantly unable to eat food anywhere she went. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not actually talking about saccharin today. So if you wanna dip in what the beef is about saccharin real quick in two sentences, then I'll let you.
2: Do I remember what the problem with saccharin? I remember I was doing this whole deep dive into like different, like what makes a healthy snack, which I may do an episode on, who knows? Uh, It's like safe for human consumption. There's not really like a problem with it, but it can also lead to like headaches, skin irritation. Like it's considered safe But that's not to say that it doesn't have side effects either.
3: I only know that xylitol is bad for dogs. That's all I know. That's literally all I know. Xylitol, bad for dogs. If that's in your peanut butter, do not give that to your dog. Oh, oh, right. And I think
2: it was, like, possibly cancerous. Yeah. Aspartame is cancerous, right? Yeah, aspartame is also cancerous. Uh, So your options are sugar, which is are admittedly not that not good for you or cancer essentially these it's are our just, choices
3: you can have whatever you want just have it in moderation and then it'll be fine do whatever you want just again moderation is important they don't teach you that in health class but you know
2: they teach you all the how to have all of the eating disorders that what that is what they teach you in health class
0: i am going to steer us away from no. <laughs> healthy eating get back to Monsanto. little fun back fact about Monsanto. The founder John F. Queenie actually named the company after his wife's maiden name, which was interesting. That's oh, kind of sweet.
2: You're right past Queenie.
1: My wife. I mean, it's right there. They didn't know it, but Queenie was going to be like a minor villain character in the Fantastic Beasts trilogy, and they could not prevent that from happening and have that association with both companies.
3: I don't... I look away from that series. I was like, oh, it's fun at first, and then, you know, J.K. Rowling did all that, and I go, huh. Anyways, back to, the, back to Mr. Monsanto or whatever. Or I guess not Mr. The Company Man.
1: We don't know. Maybe he took his wife's maiden name. I don't think he did, but you never know. A kind, loving gesture from a man who would then practice bad practices. But he
0: did name his company after her. So once Saccharin production was in full swing, the company added uh, vanillin and caffeine to their production. And in 1915, thanks to its customer, a little known company called um, Coca-Cola, Monsanto became a $1 million company.
2: I've never heard of Coca-Cola. I'm not drinking Coca-Cola right now. It's actually root beer, but still.
1: I read a whole book about, like, Coca-Cola and, like, its practices, and one of them was, like, specifically talking about the way in which it changed its, like, caffeine production. Um, That was just a chapter. To move away from cocaine. Um, Well, it was talking about – my mic probably popped because I spoke too close to the mic, but it was talking about the way in which, like, the caffeine was, like, extracted and how they changed from, like – A more expensive practice to a cheaper practice using lower-grade, like, lower-quality materials to get the same caffeine, basically. Um, Because as capitalism moves forward in a hellscape, uh, we continue to move towards crummier and crummier products over time without a demand for improvement. Who knows? Maybe one day they'll put the cocaine back in. Is
0: this, like, when they started developing, like, Diet Cokes and things like that, Annalise? I'm not sure. I'm imagining that they were doing... um Business mostly because of the caffeine. (laughs) Oh. But I'm not positive, so.
2: Oh, right, because it was just a a chemical company at that point, right? Monsanto, yeah.
0: Yeah. But after this segue, after this, they started to dip their toes into drugs (laughs) and started producing aspirin, so. I'm not going to, like...
2: Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I'm not going to take like a hard stance against caffeine because I am a severe purveyor of caffeine. But one could argue caffeine's kind of just a legal drug. Well,
3: technically, yeah. It's what they call a stimulant, right? You'd call it that? I guess.
2: I think it is technically a stimulant.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in this society, I say as I look at my current occupation and then I look away.
0: So the company continued to grow especially thanks to World War 1 and the high tariffs that followed. And so just a reminder for people, high tariffs are a policy that were that was designed to encourage rapid industrialization and so it protected high American wage rates by reducing importation of certain goods and so it made it helped people just produce a lot within the United States rather than getting things from outside of it. All during this time, Monsanto was expanding the the products that they produced, like styrene, a component for synthetic rubber, which was extremely important during World War II. Monsanto continued to diversify and officially changed its name to Monsanto Company in 1964 to kind of represent the diversification away from not only chemicals, but to other products.
2: Can I just ask, what... What did they use the rubber for in World War II? What are they doing with rubber?
0: Like, just all the tires? All sorts of machinery. Cables. Anything wired. Oh, I guess. Everything needs good old rubber to help protect from being electrified. (laughs) Listen, if you
2: touch a live wire, that's on you.
3: (laughs) False. We're raw-dogging everything. We're raw-dogging it.
2: I'm allowed to say that because I electrocuted myself in front of my grandfather in the middle of a high school class. And all that anyone had to say about it was, yeah, you probably shouldn't <laughs> touch that.
3: What was your casualty? So uh, I touch live wire and it go, Burr, but but uh, in a bad way. And everyone goes, wig.
0: Anyway, it was during the 1990s that Monsanto got into the business of genetically modified organisms, as we were talking before, GMOs and was a leader in the production of genetically modified crop seeds. And so in the 2000s, Monsanto was receiving a lot of negative attention, partially from people who opposed GMOs, but also because of the alleged health issues they caused during their production of PCB in Sauget, Illinois, and in Anniston, Alabama, which will be our primary focus today.
2: Is this the eagle eggs thing? Am I, Am I just mixing like bad climate practices you
1: talk about rachel carson the eagle egg thing yeah that was like rachel carson's a silent spring where she was talking about um i think it was pcps pcbs and the effects of like the chemicals i'm good to know i've confused everyone on yeah the eggs they were maybe
2: they weren't eagles maybe they were hawks but yeah the shells developed too thin because of it although now that i'm thinking about the story i think that was actually pesticides
1: yeah and there's actually an interesting book on that Pandora's lab which talks about um the fact that her book while like very revolutionary for advocating for changes to like chemicals used in the environment and how to um it actually led to worse practices being used in the future like it they moved away from that chemical in particular and but then there were other chemicals that came out later that were also really, really bad. <laughs> I thought you were gonna talk about the like seed like the seed stuff in Monsanto. I was wrong.
2: Well, I figured Annalise was gonna talk about that, so Mm-mm. I didn't
0: I am talking I'm not talking about the seeds. I am talking about instead PCB, which I'm gonna get into. Um Most of my information is going to focus on Aniston, Alabama, that comes from an article by Michael Grunwald entitled Monsanto Hid Decades of Pollution, which you can find this article on the Washington Post website. I highly recommend it. Um, But let's get into it. So. Monsanto had owned this plant in Sauget, Illinois, right along the Dead Creek, and it was the United States' largest producer of polychlorinated biphenyl, which is PCB, compounds. These compounds consist of carbon, hydrogen, and chlorine, and can combine to create an odorless, tasteless substance that can range from an oil to a waxy solid. And this stuff was used in hundreds of products, from electrical equipment to paints to plastic, and so on. According to the Grunwald article, Monsanto had a four-decade monopoly on BCP production. Sagitt was previously incorporated, so was actually called Monsanto, in 1926 and provided light regulations and low taxes, which helps the company thrive. This town was more of an industrial playground than a community that people lived in, but that is not the case at their other plant in West Aniston, Alabama. This plant sat right next to a predominantly poor and African-American community, and this is where we're going to center our focus for a little bit today.
3: Monsanto really said, we're going to exploit colored people and their homes. Watch this.
0: Monsanto, during their production of PCB, would regularly dump waste into the Snow Creek in Aniston and would dump PCB byproducts into open pit landfills. Now, this wouldn't be a problem if PCB was harmless like people originally thought. But oh boy, were they wrong. In 1966, managers of Monsanto discovered what would happen to living things that were submerged in the rivers and creeks. They found that a fish, once submerged, would start spurting blood and shedding its skin within 10 seconds of contact.
2: Oh, that's so scary. That sounds totally fine. Completely normal. I, too, have seen fish just start bleeding out from every opening in their body and losing all their skin. That's totally normal. But what gets me about that is that that seems like such a fast turnaround for people to... Like, I could see you not thinking that... I don't know, I can't think of a chemical right now, but if, say, there's, like, a chemical that's getting dumped in the water and it doesn't do anything immediately, but then, like, 10, 20 years down the line, suddenly all the fish have three eyes, I could see you not realizing that that was not okay to dump in the water. But 10 seconds? Come on! Nobody, like, saw that in real time and thought to themselves, I don't know if we should be dumping this in this river. I don't think this is safe. The managers... It sounds
0: like... Sorry, go go ahead.
1: No, it just sounds like like nuclear waste honestly like you it does. you read about like Hiroshima and Nagasaki and like the way the blast like instantly like skinned people and like the patterns of their clothes were burned into their skin and it just sounds like the removal losing your skin sounds like one of the most horrific ways to go you are unrecognizable and it can only be so painful to have like that exposed nerve out
0: so the managers at Monsanto did what All good capitalists do. And they kept their mouths shut and continued to do everything as normal. Yeah, because I get paid for this. In the fall of that year, Monsanto quietly hired a biologist, Denzel Ferguson, to conduct a study around the Aniston plant. He would submerge bluegill fish into different parts of the Tocoloco Creek, which was nearby to the Snow Creek, and found that all 25 fish died within three and a half minutes of being submerged. That is so bad. That's not even a little bit bad. That's so bad. Ferguson determined that the wastewater from Monsanto was extremely toxic and said, I, said, and I quote, would probably kill fish when diluted a thousand times or so. When reporting this to Monsanto, he stressed the effect that it could potentially have on humans, especially children. But Monsanto did nothing and stayed quiet about the study's findings.
2: Okay, so this is a little bit off topic. But do you remember when we watched Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, the movie? Yeah. Okay, spoiler for anyone who has not seen the movie, skip over like 15 seconds. But like the big twist is that the lady who was telling all the scary stories was actually trying to warn the townspeople that her family's company was dumping water or bad things into the river. And I'm just getting the same vibes here.
0: And this is what's crazy, is that Chocoloco Creek isn't even the creek that they're directly dumping into. It's just one nearby, which means that this is spreading out through the environment. And don't most rivers down, this is Alabama, right? Yes. Okay, so it's
2: not super close to the Mississippi River, but I think at that point, that far south, most rivers go right into the ocean, don't they?
3: I'm not positive. Depends on, like, the direction of the river.
0: But funny that you mentioned the Mississippi River, because that is right next to the Sauget plant.
2: Of course. I, I, I just know these things, Annalise. I sense where you're going, <laughs> and I just give you a perfect segue. Well,
0: we're not getting into the socket plant yet. We're going to stick with Aniston for a little bit. Okay, well, let me know, and I can I can say it again. <laughs> I'll let you know. So three years later, Monsanto managers encountered another fish in the creek in the area, and they had found that it had 7,500 times the legal levels of PCB. I... At this point, you might be thinking that the managers in Monsanto might consider slowing production or the discharge into the environment, given the evidence. Maybe there's a better way to dispose of this. Nope. They decided, and I quote... There is little object in going to expensive extremes in limiting discharges and you know
2: what when they hired that biologist i have to wonder at what point that guy realized that he's just a liability biologist like they're not actually really going to do anything about his results it's just like a we want to know how bad this is going to be for us if anyone finds out about this
0: yes and you know they kept taking this information And shoving the documents into these folders labeled Confidential, Read and Destroy. And then we continue along their merry way.
2: (laughs) Okay. I feel like so often we have these episodes and I end up just being like, y'all are terrible criminals. Do better. Here are ways to be a better criminal. But if I had information that I genuinely never wanted anyone to find, I would just hide it in Tax Files 1906 and just stick it in like a back room somewhere no one would ever find that whereas if i were just walking around my office of employment and i was thinking like these guys are great they would never do anything like poison the water system and then i just happen to see a folder that says confidential read and destroy i'm gonna be i'm gonna read that maybe <laughs> that makes me just like a bad employee but i'm i would read that for sure
0: well people got a hold of this so it was kept somewhere and was not
2: destroyed Oh my god, that's crazy, Annalise. Who would ever think to read? Confidential read and destroy. There's not going to be anything interesting in there.
0: Despite the attempts to shove all of this evidence away, internationally, internationally, the world of science was starting to let on. And in 1967, Swedish scientists identified that traces of PCB could spread throughout the food chain, in fish, pine needles, and even children's hair, which proved that PCBs were a threat to an environment and did not degrade very quickly.
2: Did that do stuff to your hair? Like, would it make it thinner or, like, thicker? Or is like, or just some, just some scientist comes over, takes a snippet of your child's
0: hair and goes, there's PCB in this! And you're like, what? Well, I think you test for it, but I'm wondering if that's from eating and it going through your system, or if that's from being around it, like swimming, because then it would just get in your hair. True. Either way, it did not degrade quickly because it stuck around long enough to get into all these things. So in response, internally, the Monsanto official wrote to the company's medical director, please let me know if there's anything I can do so that we may make sure that- Why does this
2: company have a medical director? Sorry, why does this company have a medical director? Does she? I mean, what? What? Hang on. It's not like it's a high school. There's not like a school nurse. Why is there a medical director?
3: Hmm? I mean, there. it's a chemical factory, so maybe you might have an accident where someone like gets chemically burned because something goes wrong. And you're like, oh my God, like Kelsey, you really thinking they're not going to have at least one or two medical people in a chemical factory? They have that rinse station for a reason. I
2: thought the rinse station was the
3: medical director. (laughs) That's a good point. I didn't think of that. No, they gotta do more than that. I mean, they're dumping
2: chemicals in
3: the water that turn the
2: frogs gay. I don't imagine they cared that much about public health and safety.
3: Well, they probably cared more about employees than, you know,
2: I think their hands get burned off.
0: A lot of companies have corporate medical directors, they're kind of just the chief medical officer, and so they'll help direct policies for employees and work with insurance companies. It's kind of their role. Yeah. But anyway.
1: Wait, can I just say one thing about PCBs? I was looking it up, and one of the reasons that we know hair is because it's uh, proof that uh, they, they move through the air. So it's like the PCBs are in the air and they get onto your hair through that.
2: That makes more sense. So it's on the hair, not like
1: part Mm. of the hair. Sounds like it. Hair and scalp, I guess. Mm. It's a reliable method of exposure.
0: So in response to this internally, the Monsanto official wrote the company's medical director. Please let me know if there's anything I can do so that I can make sure that our Alcalor business is not affected by this evil publicity. As if this was a lie. And Alkalore is, they have different divisions and different sub-companies, and that's just what it was referred to for Monsanto's um, PCB production. But anyway, after this...
2: What year was this, sorry? This was
0: 1967.
2: Oh, I love it. It's 80 years ago, and we've done literally nothing different with this sounds like something I would hear about certain political figures doing today. Or somebody who bought Twitter, maybe.
0: And so the company knew this. The official wrote about that and about how they should not be affected by this evil publicity. And then Monsanto's board in November of that year approved a $2.9 million expansion of the operations in both Aniston and Sauget.
2: I mean, if you're going to start poisoning the rivers, you better get all of them, you know? Might as well go big or go home.
0: I'm sorry. I'm going to really quick double check that it's 2.1 million and not billion, because I don't know if that sounds right to me. Numbers are strange. No fair. No, it was million. I was right. I mean, it was also in the 60s. I was right. It was billion. Yeah. (laughs) Do
2: you want to reset it? Oh, you just did. Yeah. 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 I was right.
0: Millions correct. Anyway, just wanted to double check.
2: Gotta do it for the money. For the money.
0: Okay. As the years went on, the public started to catch on to the spread of PCB into the environment with PCB found in milk in Georgia and Maryland, and possibly caused a major shrimp kill in Florida.
2: Does that mean it went through the cow and got into the milk? Yeah, somehow. That is so hard to contend with when earlier you were telling us about fish bleeding from the eyes. <laughs> Because now I'm just picturing like, oh, that's Bessie. Don't worry about the bloody tears. That's normal.
0: She's fine. Do you want a glass of milk? It was found in the milk. It could have gotten anywhere in production. But honestly, also, if you had lower, like we're talking about in Aniston, like several thousand times the amount that should be found anywhere. It's severely concentrated. And then it probably gets, well, it gets less severe as it goes out from there. So anything that's traveled is likely not at the 1,000 times concentration that they saw that killed that fish in 10 seconds. (laughs) It was at this time that the committee appointed by Monsanto to address the PCB controversies determined that the PCB they were dumping was a serious pollutant. The committee determined that they should start phasing out PCB products, but only once they found an alternative to use. So of course... Well, yeah, Annalise, we can't be losing
2: money. No. This is capitalism.
0: No, of course not. And of course, like all good companies who have the government and science starting to come down after them, the committee started to urge the creation of studies that would go against the idea that PCBs were bad. So they're doing what we hear today about creating alternative facts to work in their favor, even though they knew the fucking truth is there
2: are we sure there's not like a playbook like an actual printed playbook that they just somebody hands to every ceo once your company reaches a certain size of like you're gonna need this book maybe not now maybe not in a year from now but once your shady practices start catching up with you you're gonna need (laughs) this book because i feel like this is not new this had this has not been new like this is just I can think of three or four different scandals where this exact thing has happened right off the top of my head. And I'm like, wow.
0: For sure. Cigarettes are the top one I think about.
2: (laughs) I was actually thinking of the sugar one because you were talking about saccharin earlier.
0: Well, there we go. So many things we can think of. (laughs) PCBs continue to become a hot topic in the media. And in May 1970, Congress was calling for hearings. It was at this point that the committee under Monsanto got nervous and told the company that people were going to start noticing the waste dumping in Aniston. Monsanto then told the Alabama Water Improvement Committee, the AWIC, that they what they were doing with Snow C- Creek. And, you know, the AWIC were a bro and helped them cover it up. This is
2: less about the Alabama Water Improvement Committee specifically, but about the government. Do you know how bad you have to be to get the government to look, to pay attention to you and not the war they are very actively and very badly
1: losing in Vietnam at the exact same time? I'm just visualizing it like any of those committees where they like interview people about like the internet and it's just like, what is... The PCB, can you please explain it in simple
2: two-syllable words? That's the other thing, too. I, I guess you don't really think about it, but these were probably boomers. Good to know they haven't changed.
0: This started the relationship between Joe Crockett, the AWIC technical director, and Monsanto. Crockett would help them cover up multiple things in the coming years and help them out a little bit. In 1971- Is he the evil twin of Davy? <laughs> is- Is he? Crockett the Crockpot.
3: Nah, David Crockett was way back then. He's the evil descendant of no. Davy Crockett.
0: <laughs> David would be so disappointed. Davy Crockett, look at your kid. Look at your kin. In 1971, Monsanto stopped PCB production in Aniston and shifted all of its production to Socket. So they weren't done with PCB, they were just shifting it over a little bit. This was because Crockett had warned the company that the FDA was sniffing around some of the fish in, in um, Loco Creek that had traces of Sniffing PC around again. some of the fish. <laughs> I know. I read that. I was like, what the fuck did I write? But, you know, I'm sticking with it. This is what we're doing. There's a fishy smell around. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Imagine they have, like, dogs that are PCP, like... <laughs> You know how dogs out drugs? The doctors can out PCB. Meanwhile, the
2: fish is bleeding from the eyes and, like, the <laughs> scales are peeling off and someone, like, some scientist is squatting over it looking <laughs> at seems it. seems like, a little
1: fishy. Mm. I'm gonna repeat that. There's something I... wrong with this fish. Because no one appreciated it the first time. It's fishy. It smells a little fishy! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No,
0: that was good! <laughs> okay. Monsanto would have been looking at a $1 billion cost in pollutions, so they just narrowed it down to one PCB pollution site instead of two. <laughs> do you know,
2: like, their worth as a company at this point? Like, was $1 billion even that much to them? Oh, uh, one second. Do, do,
0: do. This is where
2: the real research comes in, sp- comes in folks. On the fly, when someone asks a really specific question that when you were researching, you had no idea anyone would possibly ask. Also, I, even though I said all these on the goose chase, I'll tell you, it is nigh impossible to look up a company's net worth, which is an arbitrary number, for a year that happened 60 years ago.
0: Monsanto's, uh, Monsanto's net income from operations was $61 billion. So like a drop in the goddamn bucket. But of course, they're greedy
2: capitalists,
0: and they would rather die
2: than give you any money. So,
0: later that year, the Justice Department was looking to file a lawsuit against Monsanto, and you know our friends at the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, also wanted to dredge the Snow Creek to figure out what was going on. And Crockett swooped in and just made that disappear. How old was the EPA
2: at this point. I that don't is also think a good question. At
1: this point, when was the
0: EPA
1: formed? What year we currently?
2: 1970, December 2nd, 1970.
0: So a young brand. <laughs> so it was fresh. It was like a year. <laughs> and they're like, okay, this is the big problem. This is like one of our number ones on the list. Created by President Nixon. Well, you know what? He did one good thing. Actually, he did some stuff for healthcare, but we're just going to move back to Nixon. <laughs> New series.
2: Just we go through every single president and list every bad thing they ever did ever. And then like three good
0: things they did. <laughs> We make a pros and cons list for every president. Yes. <laughs> Andrew Jackson is a rough one. Reagan
2: is a rough one. Although I guess those pros and cons uh, are going to change depending on your
0: opinion. Right. Moving on. In 1975, it was found through a study done by, by Monsanto that PCBs cause tumors in rats. And they decided to stop producing PCBs in 1977. This is likely more to cover their ass than anything because two years after the national ban on the production of PCB through the Toxic Substances Control Act of 1979 was established. It's likely they didn't actually care about the health risks, but more like, oh, this is actually gonna start showing up. People are actually gonna start seeing this. So we got to stop. And now we can say that we stopped two years before the national ban, because that makes us sound better. But you know what? We know PCBs are bad now. They found the negative health effects, the nation banned it, Monsanto stopped production, great. Job done, except for the fact that as we said before, PCBs degrade slowly and are cycled and transported within the ecosystem. And they have dumped massive amounts into landfills and creeks. So we gotta clean that stuff up.
2: That makes me wonder if they actually had performed that study like years before that and just decided to publish the results that year. And we're like, oh no, how could we have known? Well, now that we do, we'll stop producing it because we care about
3: the community.
2: We will leave before anyone asks us to clean it up though.
3: We are built different, literally.
0: (laughs) We have tumors from PCPs. So in 1988, Monsanto got approval to do its own cleanup plan and dredge up part of Snow Creek. And this p- permission was given after Donald Siegelman, Alabama's governor at the time, had dinner with Monsanto's lobbyists. Now, here's the thing the cleanup was extremely limited and did not include the larger area, so it excluded Loco Creek, which is actually where in 1933 a fisherman caught a large mound bass in the creek, and it was heavily deformed, and this deformed fish led to studies detecting PCB in the local fish population, leading to Alabama advising people just not to eat the local fish, and this all brought Aniston and the plant into public view for the first time. At this point, mostly it was going around scientific and government circles. Now, it's coming into public circulation.
3: Wow.
1: I don't know what people do in Alabama, but I feel like fishing would have been a pretty popular pastime and a nice, inexpensive way to get extra food for the family.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Six years later, state officials were finding high levels of PCP and quoting the Grunwald article, these levels were as high as 940 times the federal level of concern in yard soils, 200 times that level in dust inside people's homes, and 2,000 times that level in Monsanto's drainage ditches.
2: That makes me think of how dust is majoritively, that's not a word, majoritively is not a word. Dust is a majority dead human skin cells. So if it's that high in the dust, that makes me wonder if it's part of the skin.
0: This is when research into the local residents started, and it was found that one third of residents in Sweet Valley and Cobbdown neighborhoods in Aniston had elevated levels of PCP, and this was found out through blood tests. This led, finally, to the declaration that these communities were public health hazards due to the increased risk of cancer that PCP causes.
2: That was going to be my next question, of if these people got cancer at a higher rate. Yep.
0: Love in it. 2000, Siegelman wrote the president at the time, Bill Clinton, about the severity of the PCB problem in Aniston and asked for federal funding. Of course, many officials noted that the greater area beyond Aniston should have been tested years earlier, especially before the governor improved the limited plan that Monsanto proposed. Because, of course, at this point, Monsanto could be like, well, you said we could do this version. You know, you agree.
2: That- Okay, they definitely did test the greater land. At least Monsanto did. But don't worry, those results were in a file labeled Confidential Destroy After Reading. So no one got to know that. There's no way they didn't know exactly the scale of how bad this would be if they ever got caught for this. Yep.
0: Yeah. In 2003, the residents of Aniston finally won a $700 million settlement after arguing that the company was responsible for knowingly polluting and harming the citizens of the town. And so Monsanto had to admit the guilt and had to admit that they knew what was happening and knowingly disregarded.
2: Okay, but that makes me go back to the $61 billion net worth. So $70 million
1: is nothing. That, and I'm assuming this is a class action lawsuit. So like- if it was not, you can destroy me, I guess. But assuming it's a class action lawsuit, like, I already forgot, is it 70 or 700? That's distri- it either way, the number is distributed amongst a group of people. If they're people who are getting cancer, cancer treatments are very expensive. Like, what is this covering? Is this covering their ability to move to a new, safer community? Is this covering their medical costs? Is this covering the years of their lives that they're losing and the emotional damages that that will cause? It's a spit in the bucket.
2: That assumes it's a treatable form of
1: cancer, too. I'm assuming years of your life will be lost, at the very least. Maybe a lot more.
0: I also, real quick, want to put in that $61 billion was their net income, which doesn't include any expenses of, like, employees, the... um property, any of that. That is just how much they brought in. It doesn't account for what actually is like a take home. But sorry, I just I just thought I thought of that. But no, yeah, it doesn't. There's also, again, like we were talking about all 700 million for settlement for I think it was like 30,000 people. It's not, it's still not great considering the impact this happened. And that's also considering that Monsanto just bought out a lot of people and bought out their homes so that people would leave the area. I did the calculation that is about
2: $23,000 per person. Yeah, so it's not. Which if you know anything about the American healthcare system, that's not really going to help you and is definitely not enough to move to a better location.
0: So we're going to get into some of the details about Monsanto's impact on the community. This is not an exhaustive list. This is barely skimming the surface, but we're going to get into it. In a calculation of health risks, Aniston received an 80 to 90 percent for added cancer risk from hazardous air pollutants, HAPs, and number of people living in areas where cancer risk from HAPs exceeded one in 10,000. For perspective, the average is considered forty to sixty percent for all of these health risks. And all of this comes from the Environmental Defense Fund of from nineteen ninety. So exceedingly high percentages. All of this puts them in the twenty percent worst counties in the United States. I so often forget that they do actually rank counties. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do you think they
2: put that on a sign, like a town sign, like top 20 worst county?
3: <laughs> Woo us! Huh. Hi guys, we're one of the top 20 worst counties in America. Woo! Because of Monsanto. It's not us, we swear. It's just a bad big company. Woo. That's so sad though.
0: Research has found that PCBs cause immune suppression thyroid gland damage, skin disorder, anemia, liver cancer, oh God. impaired reproduction. And for babies who were exposed in the womb, they experience or may experience decreased IQ, decreased motor skills, memory problems, and a weakened immune system, aka they're going to get more sick and might have more illnesses, injuries, or possibly die as a result of that.
2: That's so sad. So this
0: community in Aniston... Experienced so much of this, considering the high levels that they were exposed to, considering that children grew up playing in the water in the area very innocently, and now have to pay for that because Monsanto is trash. Stinky. That also makes me wonder how many people within that
2: town were employed by Monsanto to work in their factories. Like a, a factory in that, big, in that kind of area has to seem like a godsend like you can have work you're close you can just have an honest living only to find out that they've been killing your family the whole time
0: so i'm gonna turn our sights to saga illinois for a bit today saga illinois is fairly unpopulated with the latest numbers from the united states census bureau showing that 136 residents are there Sogat's population appeared to- pe- it's pretty low. Yeah. They appeared to peak at 359 in 1940, so it was always kind of small. As I said before, this was more of like an industrial playground than it was a residential living area.
2: I mean, I guess that's good in its own way. It's better than Alabama.
0: There's a little more damage control there. It also means that- um There's less people to see what the fuck you're doing. And they kind of did that intentionally. Which I'm sure they thought of when they picked that spot. Oh, yeah, because they incorporated under the name Monsanto. It was completely for the company. And they had these low regulations and low taxes for that specific purpose. But I'm going to move on from that. (laughs) Richard Sauget, the grandson of the man who the town was later named after, once it was renamed, said, We're basically... Incorporated to be a sewer, which is um why I think we hear less about Sauget compared to Aniston, <laughs> an article from the Chicago Tribune best describes the scene at Dead Creek. Here's the quote: A town with a creek known to glow in the dark, doesn't get too excited about reports of toxic air pollution. Dead Creek, an ecological horror story all by itself slithers for seven miles through the towns of Sacket and Cahokia. In southwestern Illinois, one of the most severely populated areas of the state. End quote. Okay, first of all, the the
2: language use in that article, the slithering, makes it Slithers. sound so slimy and disgusting. But also now I have to know Did it actually glow with the dark? I don't think so. I think that might just be metaphor, but like I want it to be. No, I saw reports dark.
0: that the creeks and areas around these popular, or sorry, the creeks and different water areas around these polluted places would turn red. So I'm not putting it out of the scope of possibility that they could glow in the dark sometimes. <laughs> Whack!
2: I'm looking at pictures of Dead Creek right now, and there are some more recent ones up after like EPA cleanup that look a lot better. But there are some still photos that are like, yeah, that looks like a dead river. If I came
0: upon that river, I'd call it dead. It had been announced the week this article was written, which was in July 1988, that Monsanto had dumped 3.8 million pounds of pollutants from its plants into the surrounding environment. But for the people of this town. That's such a crazy number. Yeah, but for the people of this town, that was normal. And there's barely anyone there. According to the same article, there was stories about a man's dog who had gotten chemical burns from the creek after swimming in it and then died as a result. The fire department oh no. routinely came to the creek to put out fires that would start on the creek bed and then as- would restart as soon as the firefighters drove away. Fences were put up around the creek. Oh my god. You know what? I'm going to take a pause. The creek. The creek. The creek on a beach. <laughs> the creek. yeah you may react to the dog
3: and the (laughs) fires i too would react to the dog
2: i mean i kind of i believe those those sound really believable to me you know what this makes me think of
0: all this makes me think of the oil
2: fire from bp gas and oil from your previous episode
0: Ah! no what it actually makes me think of is the simpsons (laughs) they're like constantly burning tire pile the three-eyed fish from like the lakes in the area the nuclear plant dumping sludge into the water
2: i honestly have been getting the same vibe especially when stephanie was like oh it sounds like nuclear waste that made me think of it for sure i i'm in
0: the same headspace i'm envisioning and i think a lot of people know this image of that orange fish from the simpsons that has the three eyes it is mm-hmm. all that I can think of. Anyway, fences were put up around the creek in 1982 in order to keep people out. And at the time of this article, the state was trying to declare the area as an emergency cleanup zone due to the creek flowing into the Mississippi River. This would qualify them... Oh, I talked about that earlier. Hey go. <laughs> This would qualify them for the Superfund, which was a program created by the EPA in the 1980s to manage the worst hazard sites in the United States. We know that Dead Creek qualified at some point because I found articles in the 2010s listing them as a Superfund site, but I don't know when exactly that started. I tried so hard and I could not find it. (laughs)
2: I think it's good that the EPA has a fund for like really bad sites that clearly need help. But it's also kind of sad that sites need to get that bad in order for them to qualify for any help at all.
0: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So I'm going to flash forward a little bit to 2021 when um, Solucia Incorporated and Pharmaca or Pharmacia. Yeah, it's probably Pharmacia. Um, LLC, the successor companies to Monsanto, are being required to reimburse the EPA um, $700,000, which had been spent for the cleanup previously and will be responsible for implementing the $17.9 million dollar plan for cleanup of the four former landfills and waste lagoons in Sauget, Illinois, and the surrounding areas like St. Louis, which is right across the Mississippi River from it. The hazardous waste in this area includes not only PCB but also um, dioxin, lead, ketamine, benzene and chlorobenzene. As of August as of August 29th, 2022, the Attorney General Kwame Raul announced that a lawsuit against Monsanto which, of course, includes Sleucia Incorporated and Pharmacia LLC, would be filed for the environment and human harm that they have caused as a result of the PCB production. And there are a lot of other
2: details. But who will litigate for the fish, Annalise? <laughs> who will litigate for the fish? That's so specific, like the human harm. And the rats. Don't forget the rats. Like the human harm. So we're just going to leave the fish out of I it. Think I think the fish are it's. included
0: in the environment.
2: True. but still but
0: as you can tell cleanup efforts are still happening today i did see um information about cleanup efforts also happening in aniston today so this is not over it is still ongoing and considering they started production like what was it i think it's 19 i believe it's the 1920s so considering the start of the 1920s and ended in um the 1970s. We are still cleaning it up to this day. And this is all just a super brief overview of all this stuff. This is not even Monsanto's only scandal, as we talked about before. There's still the GMO conversation that we didn't even touch today. So, um, I think we can agree that Monsanto sucks.
2: I'm pretty disappointed, Annalise. Maybe we should do a part two, talk more about how stinky Monsanto is.
0: Part two is just the GMOs. If I did some more research, I could probably do a part two on just this issue as well.
3: <laughs> a whole mini series. No, yeah, because um, all you remember about GMOs is that people were like, "Hey, what Monsanto is doing essentially is bad," but then Monsanto would be like, "Shh, no, no." No, not at all! We're good people. We are such a good company. We would never do anything to harm people.
0: And Monsanto has, one, money on their side. So they have all these lobbyists that could go to government officials and essentially sway them for things. So I'm sure that one dinner I talked about with Donald Siegelman was not the only dinner that lobbyists did for Monsanto. And of course, the government's going to listen at who's knocking on their door the most and who can knock at their door the most. People who pay people to knock on their door. (laughs) What's that?
2: My dad uses this phrase all the time. It's uh, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Yeah. But also, here's a hard thought. I think maybe lobbyism should be illegal.
0: It is rough and there's it's mostly cases where people are lobbying for from big companies people can lobby for other issues and it can be a good tool but i think because lobbying depends so much on paying people to bring up the issues it's hard it's it's hard because lobbying can go both ways i think lobbying in our capitalist society often goes the negative way
2: That's like the (laughs) problem, the problem is capitalism should be illegal, but like the problem is there are so many things that could be really good tools that could be used for a lot of good, but unfortunately there are people who have the money and the means, and by means I usually just mean money, to use that for their own benefit in a way that's negative to a lot more people. And that's not just on lobbyism, that's on a lot of things, but... Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe maybe lobbyism shouldn't be illegal. Maybe
0: capitalism should be illegal. What we've discussed today is kind of the, I think, as we pointed out before, just a prime example of what companies do. <laughs> they do their own research. They cover it up.
2: With no they, oversight and yes, no care. they do
0: their own, re- companies do their own research. They cover things up. They create alternative research to prove their points so that people will think it's just going away. They pay people a lot. They use lobbyists. They just do all this stuff to get away with... They got away with this for so many years. They knew of those fish dying so many years before they even considered stopping production. So be disappointed, but also know that this is still happening. <laughs>
2: That makes me go back to the people who lived in, what was the town in Alabama? Aniston. In Aniston, who likely quite a few of them would work for that company because it's in the area and available work. And I mean, I think nowadays a lot of us are kind of un- un- have the understanding that our company that we work for maybe does not have our best interests at heart. But to know that the people you've been working for and with have been actively killing you, not even actively killing you and your family, but they knew about it, and they looked you in the face every day and didn't care. I'm very disappointed, Annalise.
3: Mama Mia moment real. Oh,
2: Mama Mia
0: moment. And that's where we're going to leave it. We'll catch you guys again in another two weeks. So look forward to being disappointed. Once again, we'll catch you later. Bye! Don't drink the water! I like to imagine in this episode that our chairs were like waiting in the waters with like the PCB and was spontaneously combusting and our chairs were like slowly disintegrating as the table was also disintegrating. That is what I imagined.
2: The blood streaking down our cheeks from our eyeballs. Towards the end, our eyeballs just melt.